0: Well, hello there, children, and welcome to another episode. I'm your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles.
1: And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And
0: And this this is my my spooky gay gay family. Hello there, Sam Baxter. Hello, Pussy Miles. (laughs) How are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. It's still snowing. Is it? Yep.
0: Near me, I don't think it is. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong. (laughs) I can see the snow now. (laughs) But uh, you know what I will say? I really am loving it. And I know that a big part of that is that I don't have to shovel it. But uh, another big part of it is just that... uh, we haven't had a very wintry day like this yet this year. Mm-hmm. And so like, it just feels kind of nice. It feels like cozy and uh, like, it just makes me feel toasty because I, I mean, obviously <laughs> we're very lucky that we have, have warm homes to live in. Yes. Um, But it just, it, it reminds me of like, it's a little bit like a Norman Rockwell <laughs> painting right <laughs> now to me. Um, a Thomas it,
1: Kincaid mug.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it has like a very it reminds me a lot of that um that I I want to say painting. It was a print that Mima had in her dining room. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. It it reminds me a lot of that. And so like I feel very like toasty and cozy today and uh I'm very much looking forward to finishing this episode and and enjoying a (laughs) cup of hot cocoa. Not that I'm very much looking forward to this episode, but uh, I am also very much looking forward to uh, making myself a cup of hot cocoa and cooking something warm and putting on my slippers. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I might even do a little knitting today. And I don't care who knows it. Yes, I knit. Yes, I'm an old woman. Yes, I took my Boniva and I am ready to enjoy my snow day. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any like old lady tendencies?
1: I mean, I fall asleep with with a cat on me most days. That's true.
0: And you do like a rocking chair.
1: I do like a rocking chair.
0: And, uh... (laughs) i I can hear one of them
1: (laughs) yeah that's Willow. she wants to get into the office
0: oh poor willow well you can you can bring her in if you want i won't stop you she will be loud (laughs) is she always loud like that when you're recording She's
1: very chatty she does not shut up
0: well yeah i mean and i'm Willow can be very chatty around me, but Willow is also very skittish. So it's like yeah. usually when I'm there, she's just like wide eyed and terrified running around your
1: house. <laughs> no, but if I let her in here, she'll like knock the microphone off the desk. She'll be like stepping all over the keyboard and crap. Like she yeah. won't leave me alone if I let her in here. So
0: imagine if it was Wally.
1: So she has to stay outside. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> uh, What's you know what's funny at our sleepover this past week we uh we introduced uh your your one cat Mason yeah. to everyone at the sleepover. That we was did. the first time everyone got to meet one of your cats. That is true. And it was lovely. Mason was he was <laughs> pretty well behaved considering.
1: Yeah, no, he was he was mostly good. Uh,
0: especially considering that Mason's favorite hobby is climbing you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he climbed the chair instead of me on, yeah. on Friday, which was nice of him.
0: Yeah, we, uh, unfortunately, because of uh, all the like snow and, and craziness, we had to, Sam and I were not able to be together for our sleepover uh, last week. So Sam zoomed in from her house, I zoomed in from mine, and uh, it was very lovely. And honestly, it was kind of nice because everyone did get to kind of see the cats and <laughs> uh It was fun. I I enjoyed it. I wouldn't be mad if next time uh, we got to meet Wally and and Malcolm. (laughs) Willow would probably be too terrified.
1: Yeah, Willow would never. Well, I mean, if it's just me sitting there, she'd probably be fine.
0: Does she get scared, like, if she sees herself on camera, does she become like, oh, no.
1: No, she's not that (laughs) self-aware. Like...
0: (laughs) She's like, I'm Big Billy, the real Big Billy, and I'm going to go clearly. (laughs) For those of you who don't know that reference, just go to YouTube and uh, just real quick, go to YouTube and search Big Billy and you will not regret it. I promise you. It is a cat and he is the real Big Billy. (laughs) And he's going to go clearly. (laughs) But we are not here to talk about Big Billy today. We are here to talk about one of my... I can't remember the last thing we talked about that I was as excited to talk about as this. (laughs) Okay. I am very excited. because, And I'll tell you why. We don't talk about a lot of cryptozoology. We we tend to focus more on the like spooks and the creeps and the and and the eeks and the ooks and the spooks um <laughs> and so it's fun to kind of do something a little bit different this time i'm very excited to uh be talking about a cryptid i almost said a cryptoid <laughs> <laughs> and and he is not a cryptoid he's a cryptid uh and probably one of the m- More well-documented cryptids, I would say. Yeah, there's a surprising amount of, like,
1: actual journalism devoted to him.
0: Yeah. Like everyone's read articles about Bigfoot, but they were from like Bigfoot news. <laughs> it's like yeah. this one is like there are legitimate newspaper articles and and documentaries and videos and books and all kinds of shit. So, um I am very excited today to be discussing this. It is a cryptid that I think doesn't get as much attention as it deserves. Okay. And so, uh I would love if we could do a cryptid series and I would love if we could have Kathy Kelly on for one of them Yeah, because that would be fucking amazing. I love Kathy Kelly and I want desperately to talk about, I think (laughs) honestly we should have Kathy on to talk about, uh, Bigfoot. Okay. I think she would love it. I think she would love talking about Bigfoot. Um, but we are not talking about Bigfoot today. We are talking about, uh, we are talking about Bigfoot's lesser-known cousin, Jeremy, and uh, <laughs> J- Jeremy Regularfoot. He's like, yeah, I'm Jeremy Bigfoot, whoop de doo uh, <laughs> Yes, yeah, Steve gets all the attention, but that's just because he's the only one leaving the cave. Mom's like, don't go outside, and Steve's like, I do what I want. <laughs> I've created a whole bigfoot uh family family and and sitcom yeah i think that would be fun i think a bigfoot sitcom would be fun (laughs) let's start writing here we go um we are not talking about bigfoot today today we are talking about another cryptid who uh is very famous but less discussed i think Um, one that is really fucking creepy, one that Jessica definitely does not like. (laughs) (laughs) We are talking about The Mothman. Uh, And I'm very excited. Are you a big fan of The Mothman?
1: I mean, I don't know if I would say fan. I've certainly heard of it and was kind of weirded out by it.
0: Oh, I'm very weirded out by it. And... I think that's why I call myself a fan because obviously like I'm not a fan of the Mothman, but I'm very <laughs> intrigued by the story and the folklore. It's really creepy to me. And it kind of plays on all of my like worst fears, which is like something kind of hunting you in the woods, something that preys on people in the dark, something that is like, uh, kind of a premonition of, of evil, something that is kind of an embodiment of evil. Um, the Mothman is definitely fucking weird. He's definitely fucking creepy. And I am very excited that today we are going to uh be talking all about him and uh getting to uh learn a little bit about the Mothman. Is you've seen the movie, The yes, Mothman I Prophecies.
1: It's 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 been a minute, but I did watch it, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I have seen the Mothman Prophecies um before. It has been a minute for me as well. Um and it's definitely, like, one of those – it's one of those movies that, like, as a young person, you don't really understand just how fucking creepy it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as, a, as, like, a kid, it's like you don't realize how fucking weird it is. Um, I'm going to give you all a heads up. This is probably second to any episode Sam did uh, – the research for this is probably like one of the more well-researched episodes we, <laughs> we have ever done um and so we want to thank david for doing uh a, a lot of the research for this episode uh unfortunately i can't really give um sources for a lot of the material because like i said david did do david put together this like really crazy uh Dossier. Of in- yeah. Dossier, yeah, basically. <laughs> Speaking of spy movies and 007 in, in our mini this week. Uh we uh we have this little dossier that was put together by David and I'm very grateful. Um so why don't we uh why don't we jump right in, shall we? Sounds good. So I'm going to give just a little uh a little um like a little background. I'm going to just kind of go over like what people should know about the Mothman going into the conversation um the Mothman creature and it, it it is like i said it's a cryptid it's not um it's not particularly easy to pinpoint exactly what this is but the mothman creature was reportedly seen in point pleasant west virginia from november 15th 1966 until december 15th 1967 so these sightings did go on for more than a year which is crazy yeah like i i I don't I, i can't imagine this going on for a very long time and And no one, like, being like, uh, guys, let's fucking figure this out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first newspaper report was published in the Point Pleasant Register, and that was dated November 16th in 1966, which is the day after the first sighting, and it was titled Couples See Man-Sized Bird, dot, 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 creature, dot, 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 something. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds a bit like uh like that Family Guy Star Wars thing where it's like something Think something things. dark, dark side. side. Something, something complete. <laughs> <laughs> it has a very that vibe to it. It feels very sixties to me, that kind of like sensationalist uh journalism where it it's like kind of comic-y, yeah. You know? It feels very much that to me. Um And despite his name, which was given to him by the newspapers, uh, he is in no way moth-like, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At the time this was all happening, Batman was popular on TV. And soon after the first reports, newspapers coined the name Mothman, and it was inspired by a comic book enemy of batman called killer moth apparently which david must have been just fucking thrilled about i was about to say i'm like i'm not surprised
1: at all that that made it into the dossier
0: oh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if there was more it's actually in bold if you're looking (laughs) um mothman is described as a bipedal winged humanoid now that means essentially that it is humanoid meaning that it is human shaped mm-hmm. uh bipedal meaning it has it has two feet uh and walks upright um and it is winged meaning it has fucking wings <laughs> <laughs> just in case that you is, weren't clear on that yeah in case there was something a little vague about that uh about that descriptor um he is a bipedal winged humanoid and his coloration uh from reports, varies from black, gray to even brown. Although it is usually the darker shades, so it is a dark humanoid shape with uh huge wings. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. The next note is, uh, he is reported, he is often reported to be about seven feet tall with a wingspan anywhere from ten to fifteen feet or more. Um, Which
1: so is it crazy is crazy big
0: crazy big we're talking like condors yeah (laughs) he's a he's a big woman and um (laughs) you know what more power to him body positivity for the mothman and that is something that has come up a lot in the research and and in the discussion of mothman is like well what are the chances it's just a large bird what are the chances it's just like a, a huge eagle because there are birds that get Quite big,
1: yeah. There's, there's particularly a theory that it's a sandhill crane.
0: What the hell is that?
1: It is an extremely large bird.
0: How uh, we're talking like wingspan of ten to fifteen feet?
1: Um, I don't know if it's ten to fifteen feet, but they're definitely like they're definitely tall enough that someone who was scared could say they were seven feet tall.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose it's possible. I've never seen uh, a a something crane sand. Sandhill Crane. crane. Sandhill Crane. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like uh his first name should be Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Crane. Um yes, Hugh Crane the Crane, the Sandhill Crane. Yes. Of the Sandhill <laughs> Hugh Crane of the Sandhill Cranes. He's <laughs> uh British royalty. <laughs> his debutante ball is next week. <laughs> his debutante ball. Oh, Hugh's he, becoming a woman. Um any, the next note is, anyone who gets a close look at the Mothman seems to suffer from extreme fear and psychological distress, sometimes lasting for months or years afterwards. In particular, people say that a sense of pure evil overcomes them when they see the Mothman's eyes. Um, the eyes are a particular talking point for yeah. the Mothman. That is most often the thing that people claim to have seen. Um And they've been described as glowing red. They've been described as uh, kind of like a like a bicycle reflector or Mm -hmm. a a safety vest reflector, Um, which again kind of points to the idea that it's animalistic. Because anyone who's ever seen a raccoon in the road (laughs) or a deer knows that when you shine a light on it, uh, that you get that like bright shining.
1: Uh, and
0: yeah and and i don't know what the scientific reason for that is i don't know if it has to do with the shape of animals eyes or or what it is but I, I I i don't
1: remember what the technical term for it is now but um yeah no it has something to do with the the shape of specific animals eyes because not all animals do that
0: no dogs do it yes dogs do it uh raccoons do it um deer do it obviously i i don't know much about it. If I'm being honest, I would just be kind of uh talking out my ass if I tried to get into it too much. But <laughs> I do suppose I- I've never heard of a bird having it, though.
1: I haven't either. And apparently the Sandhill Crane does have that.
0: <clears throat> oh, which really? is which
1: is why it's one of the more. We'll say, well, plausible. Yeah. One of the more plausible theories.
0: Hmm. But- Where are they native to, though?
1: They are native to the sort of the eastern part of the United States, but they are mig- migratory, hmm. and they're not generally in West Virginia. But there's there's speculation that one might have just gotten off its migratory path for a bit.
0: <laughs> one dodo crane was just like, yeah. "Oh
1: no!" <laughs> there was one I crane. I
0: GPS in Kentucky. <laughs> who
1: refused to ask for directions <laughs> and ended up in West Virginia.
0: And everyone's like, where's Hugh? And they're like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And Hugh's marching through West Virginia like, no, I'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) So Hugh Crane is possibly the Mothman, but uh, we'll get into that. Because West Virginia is not the only uh, sighting place.
1: No, for uh, no, it's not. for
0: the Mothman, but we'll get into that. Um, so I figured we would start with some of the uh, some of the the witness sightings from from what happened in West Virginia and kind of leading into the story with all of that. Um, the first recorded Mothman sighting took place on November twelfth, nineteen sixty six, near Cl- Clendenin, Cl- Clendenin. 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 Clendenin, <laughs> uh, West Virginia. <laughs> what is this place called? Clen- Clendenin, Clendenin. How is it spelled? C L E N D E N I N. Clendenin, Clendenin? 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 Maybe? Clendenin, Clendenin. I don't know. It's good. They're they're gonna be like it's Morristown. <laughs> <laughs> Clend Cl- Clendenin Cl- Clendenin. I don't know where to put the emphasis in this. (laughs) Uh, Near West Virginia, five men were in a cemetery preparing a grave for burial when they saw something they couldn't explain. Lifting off from the nearby trees was a brown winged creature. The men held to the fact that that what lifted off beyond the trees was no bird. It was a humanoid. And that was the uh, first reported sighting which was on the 12th but it was not the first documented sighting the first documented sighting was on november 15th which was uh three days later 1966 two young couples from point pleasant west virginia uh saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red quote glowed red. Um, three days after the first sighting took place, Roger and Linda Scarberry were driving in Roger's black 57 Chevy Bel Air with Steve and Mary Mallet um, through the area around midnight when Linda noticed unbelievably, their words, not mine, um, two large glowing red eyes in the darkness beside the old north power plant. And she screamed. They soon learned that these eyes belonged to something that looked human, about seven feet tall, with wings folded against its back. Roger stalled in the road for a minute, um, inspecting the strange creature. And uh, the four people immediately realized that their spectacle was... that. <laughs> this is so oddly worded. Their spectacle was no ordinary bird. <laughs> <laughs> it was Hugh. Hugh is very... Uh, Unordinary. Um, The true horror began, however, when the creature spread its wings and the quote-unquote large flying man with 10-foot wings (laughs) (laughs) pursued them down Highway 62 to the Point Pleasant city limits at speeds exceeding 100 miles per hour. Which I didn't think was really, like, I didn't think most cars did that in the 60s. I don't know. I've never... uh, I've never read a
1: 60s pedometer. I don't know.
0: (laughs) God, Sam, where have you been living? (laughs) Um, They were driving in an area outside of town known as the TNT area, the site of a former World War II munitions plant. So I guess that's kind of like a local... uh, Hangout? uh, Not a hangout, but I guess that's like the local... um, terminology for the area it's called uh the tnt area which is a place i wouldn't be spending much time if it was me but Mm. uh i mean there is apparently a nuclear power plant there too so uh, it doesn't sound uh, typically i wouldn't want the nuclear power plant to be in the tnt area
1: yeah no that that does kind of, of sound like a recipe for disaster
0: yeah that sounds like point pleasant ain't gonna be here too long Um, The four arrived in town after and after parking to discuss their encounter, eventually convinced themselves that what they saw was nothing more than a large bird. And in an attempt to face their fears, they again drove towards the TNT area. It wasn't long before they saw the creature again, apparently waiting on them beside Route 20, beside Route 62. Uh, The couples now confirmed that their stalker was no bird, but in the instant that the car's headlights landed on the creature, it lifted vertically into the air with tremendous speed and disappeared above the tree line. Now, granted, it is the 60s,
1: -hmm.
0: but there were horror movies in the 60s. There were. Would you be driving back into the TNT area to find the the, the bird man? (laughs) That I probably you.
1: would have just gone home
0: right but- like what the fuck were you doing roger and linda fucking wacky ass west virginians i was like <laughs> when i read this i was like you you are the reason that people uh don't trust anyone in horror movies <laughs> because you have you have lived up to every stereotype of heterosexuals in horror movies. You're like, oh, it must have just been a bird. Let's go back and see it to prove that we shouldn't be scared. And then they go back and they fucking die. And I mean, they didn't die, but you know what I mean. In the horror <laughs> movie, they would have died. No doubt. So yes, no doubt. Um, and then the next day, the morning of November 16th, Linda Scarberry. It's Scarberry or Burry, Berry, Burry? Burry? Berry. Um Linda Scarberry was rushed to the hospital by her father after experiencing a nervous breakdown. Roger Scarberry, her husband, stated, "I'm a hard guy to scare, but last night I was for getting out of there." And it's like anytime someone says, "I'm a hard guy to scare," I'm like, "Yeah, okay, Roger. You're the you're the guy who keeps a gun in every room of the house because uh he never knows where the cat is." Like he he's he's definitely easily scared. He's definitely uh kind of an ass i'm i'm voting for roger is probably the most easily scared person in america
1: most likely usually when you say no one says i'm a hard guy to scare unless
0: they're an easy guy to scare (laughs) um contractor newell partridge told johnson what There are all there are names in here that are, are not uh qualified um (laughs) contractor Newell Partridge told someone Johnson someone thank you David uh that when he aimed a flashlight at a creature in a nearby field its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors and blamed buzzing noises from his television set and the disappearance of his German shepherd dog on the creature um I don't know who Johnson is but uh, apparently he's (laughs) he's taking down a lot of information about the mothman um. So yeah. Again, we're kind of getting the same lore, which is that you know we have the glowing eyes. This time it appears not to be red. He's describing them more like bicycle reflectors. Um. Lauren, bicycle uh, reflectors red. Are they? I thought they were. I always I always imagine them to be more white because uh, they could okay. be either. They could be like that yeah. silvery.
1: Okay, that's fair. I don't I know. Just... Maybe
0: I'm wrong. Maybe they are like bicycle reflectors, but uh, maybe they are red. But um, who knows? Maybe I'm just being an idiot about it. It's entirely possible. I'm very much an idiot. I don't even know who Johnson is. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it could be anything. Um, so now we're kind of starting to see the the Mothman uh, folklore taking shape. And this goes on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Um, The creature would be seen throughout the next 13 months in Point Pleasant, and it was estimated that there were over 100 sightings within this time, though these are unidentifiable reports and the actual number of reported sightings may be quite lower. Um, Mothman witnesses were also reportedly harassed by the men in black who wanted them not to speak about the creature. Now, again... This little tidbit was put into the dossier with no context. <laughs> so I was like the men in black. <laughs> I was like this needs a little bit of uh explanation because I thought that the men in black was just a movie with Will Smith. Um so I looked it up and apparently the men in black is kind of a catch-all term. Um it's not like it's not like the men in black but, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the men in black movie is definitely drawing from this, this kind of UFO culture folklore of the men in black. Um, and it's the idea that there are the men who walk around in black suits, mm-hmm. dark glasses and, you know, are, are very like, they show up whenever the UFOs show up and they're kind of, uh, kind of with an unidentifiable, government agency and urging people to stay quiet uh and there's it's all that kind of um what what's the word I'm looking conspiracy theorist yeah. you know kind of ideology of like oh it's the men in black <laughs> it's the men in black and i've never met one of the men in black but uh if you are a man in black and you're listening um, please feel free to write into my spooky gay family <laughs> on Instagram. We would love to have you on to talk about uh, all of your Mothman <laughs> workings and your UFO workings. Um, is that something that scares you? The idea of like the Men in Black?
1: It doesn't really, but it's it's mostly because I don't believe they exist. Like I th- I think if I believed in them, they they they're a very scary concept. I just.
0: That's you don't believe in them, them at all?
1: To. I don't believe in the shadow government agency that goes to hush up paranormal
0: <laughs> things, no. I don't. <laughs> but you have to think that it's it's certainly possible that there could be a branch of the... Or I shouldn't say a branch. a An office of the government that does deal with things that are so classified that we would not even know to expect them.
1: Yeah, I guess that's fair. I just i don't know i'm picturing like the fucking x-files where there's like one guy in an office someplace with a fucking ufo photo over his desk yeah and it's like it's just
0: tim (laughs) like
1: tim is the only
0: one it's tim tim is the man in black
1: Yes. (laughs) and you know he he dresses like that and he likes to wear green sometimes so you know it's not
0: (laughs) but a very dark green a A very dark green green. yes Um, yeah. So that is generally, that is generally what people reported. All of the reports were kind of in that same tone. You know, I was driving and I happened upon a humanoid creature with a a very large wingspan uh, and glowing eyes. And it, it, it was said to be like, it was kind of like premonition Uh, because oh like a harbinger yeah kind of kind of um because all of this culminates in the in what happened with the silver bridge right and um basically if you've seen the mothman prophecies you know what happens uh the sightings came to an abrupt halt in december 1967 after a horrific tragedy uh in point pleasant the silver bridge which connects west virginia and ohio collapsed uh under the weight of heavy rush hour traffic, killing 46 people. Um, And in his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, uh, author John Keel claimed that the Point Pleasant residents experienced precognitions, including premonitions of the collapse of uh, the Silver Bridge, um, and that he himself was warned in advance of the bridge collapse via mysterious phone calls that coincided with the, the Mothman sightings. Now... This is where we get into the like weird, even weirder shit yeah. because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we get into the phone calls.
1: Yeah, the phone calls are a strange twist.
0: Yeah, they're a very strange twist because it's really not what anyone was expecting. Um, Kiel said, uh, I was called by all kinds of voices. Uh, and he he was 72 at the time he was giving this uh, this interview with Entertainment Weekly. He said, they would give me information. They would give me prophecies that came true. It was a very scary time. In his book, Keel claims to have had vague advance word of the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy. He casually tells Entertainment Weekly that uh, his voices warned him of trouble ahead for Jimi hendrix and janice joplin uh when he tried to record the phone calls he says he got only a lot of static um so that's kind of where things get a little bit weird because john keel uh wrote the mothman prophecies and obviously has kind of tied this other element onto uh onto the whole thing because it's like he starts talking about these prophecies getting these phone calls from kind of a mysterious person entity or entity or or whatever it is I forget the name that they say it is it's it's like uh do you remember the name I can't remember it off the top of my head uh the name in, of them. uh Indrid Cold Indrid Cold Oh, okay. yeah <laughs> is is the name that ends up being kind of associated with the mothman but um it's very strange because in reality the mothman is not really almost at all tied to injured cold um or these premonitions it's just that they coincided in in time lapse and obviously i believe uh Although I guess it wouldn't make sense that the, – the I guess the calls didn't end because John Keel said that it went on to predict assassinations and, and troubled times for Jimi <laughs> Hendrix and Janis Joplin. Um, although I think anyone who looked at Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin would have known that troubled times were ahead because they were both doing a lot of drugs. Um, so I don't know. It's one of those strange things where – I wouldn't describe myself as a skeptic, but I also wouldn't describe myself as uh, a believer uh, Mm -hmm. in anything, almost. But um, this is the part of the story where things kind of, like, they get a little... I I don't want to say fuzzy, because it's not that this is somehow less believable than the Mothman. But (laughs) now we're getting into like territory where i mean it was the 60s schizophrenia was not uh <laughs> schizophrenia was not particularly well understood at the time so the idea of him having um auditory hallucinations auditory hallucinations or anything like that or even just um the paranoia that that schizophrenia can cause mm-hmm. um who knows what effect that might have had on the whole situation for John Keel. But to my knowledge, he's never been di- diagnosed with schizophrenia. So I- I'm pr- entirely projecting something onto him that is probably a bit unfair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I will say I do very much... Uh, enjoy this part of the story it does kind of give it a fun new element it's like oh this is a turn i wasn't expecting (laughs) (laughs) took a hard left took a very hard left um and so yeah we we get these kind of phone calls that that john keel is experiencing that are what what is the what is the word for, if something is a premonition, it is not premonitory. What what would the word be? Premonitious? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making up words now.
1: I, I don't. I want to say premonitory, but I feel like that's Premontory? a made-up word.
0: Yeah. I, who knows? It sounds great to me. We're going with premonitory. <laughs> um, yeah. So he because uh, all of that did lead, lead up to the the silver bridge uh falling down and after that there were no more sightings of the mothman now something that i do want to point out that i thought was kind of uh it seemed kind of interesting to me that the mothman kind of disappeared after the the fall of the silver bridge um if you are someone who is very skeptical of, mm-hmm. of things like this, if you are someone who does not believe very easily in all of this, uh, <clears throat> it does kind of become easier to dismiss it when you think of it this way. Because if it's a small town, which I'm assuming Point Pleasant comparatively is to mm-hmm. larger cities, it might be a very large city in West Virginia, but I'm I, in terms of being compared to somewhere like Chicago or uh, New York or Los Angeles, it's probably relatively small. Um, If there is kind of mythology going around, especially in the 60s when there wasn't the internet, things were very much word of mouth folklore and things like that. If if that's the most exciting thing happening at the time and then suddenly this other thing happens that's really terrible and tragic and catastrophic – It would kind of make sense that that other story would kind of disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of where I end up getting stuck with this because it's like there's always that part of me that wants to believe that people were seeing the Mothman. But there's also that part of me that says, well, if that story, if he literally disappears the second something more crazy happens, there is reason to believe that some of this may have been a bit uh, beefed up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I kind of question the hundred sightings in a year. Like
0: that's. That's almost 10 a month.
1: Yeah. That is a bumper crop of sightings for your average cryptid. Like what Bigfoot gets seen like once every like three years, something like
0: that. (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. Uh, And so. The Mothman kind of became this this legendary cryptid uh and he uh, he he obviously disappeared and ha- was not seen after that. Um up until <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> fairly recently there have been um some sightings of what people have described as a Mothman in Chicago. Um but before we get into that, I do want to talk a little bit about kind of the uh the mythology of of Mothman because obviously he is he is a cryptid he is but he is this like weird creature that seems to kind of chase people and and hunt people in a sense but we we only kind of touched upon the idea of him being a harbinger where it's like he he is like bringing evil upon your small town or Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> or Chicago, or Chicago. Uh, yeah, he likes to show up and he brings he brings some some craziness with him. Uh, last time it was the collapse of a bridge, but um, yeah mothman to me especially because of the movie has kind of come to represent this like oh shit's about to go down get your ducks in a row uh <laughs> kind of sensation do you do you have like uh is there something like that that the mothman represents for you in in the mythology that you have kind of consumed
1: i mean i'll be perfectly upfront with this i'm I'm a big skeptic when it comes to cryptozoology. So, like, I <laughs> I read this stuff and I go, this is a really charming local legend.
0: Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of how I feel about it as well. But I do like to kind of allow myself to get lost in it when yeah, I'm that's fair. talking about it. That's how I feel about it because it's like, it's like Nessie. You know what I yeah. mean? I love Nessie. I was talking to one <laughs> of our patrons, Mika, about this at the sleepover. Um, I love Nessie. I know full well that Nessie is not there, but there's something like fun and charming and kind of lovely about the idea of like believing in something a little bit magical. And so I allow myself when I'm consuming lore about it to become kind of enveloped by it and be uh, like allow myself to just kind of like lean into it a little bit with all the while knowing full well that like, this is not really probably a thing. (laughs) You know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. And like, there's a part of me that wants to believe too. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I have a problem suspending that will that willful suspension of disbelief like i have a hard time with it when it comes to cryptids Mm -hmm. and i think it's mostly just if we know where to look and if people are seeing it a hundred times in a year like
0: (laughs) why can't we document it
1: yeah why can't we figure out what the fuck this thing
0: is yeah
1: (laughs) like i i don't know it's it is a charming local legend.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I agree with that. I I think that that's a, a very fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say I do love allowing myself to uh, kind of get swept up in it. And especially the Mothman. There's something so charming about the Mothman to me, um, especially when we get into the Chicago shit, because that's when it gets really fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and speaking of Chicago, why don't we talk a little bit about the Mothman in Chicago? Um, let's, so in the very recent past, uh, we're talking like 20, uh, uh, 20, 2011 and then like really getting ramped up in 2017. Um the, sh- the area around Chicago, like the Chicago region has been experiencing a collective case of the heebie-jeebies <laughs> <laughs> um, ever since reports of a giant flying winged humanoid uh, began surfacing. That And that happened in 2011, uh, and it really kind of got ramped up into two- 2017. Um, and an anonymous witness reported to the Phantom and Monsters website on August 21st, 2017, and again... Not Chicago Tribune. <laughs> no. no. Uh, they said, We were watching and observing as the moon began it uh, its transit during the solar eclipse when we heard a very loud scream. This sounded like squeaky truck brakes that squeal when you're pressing hard on them. At first, we thought that's what it was. Maybe a CTA bus or a big truck with brakes that needed changing or maintenance. We heard it again This time it lasted about three seconds, whereas the previous sound was brief. Uh, I looked up to see a large object flying low over the docks that stick out into the Burnham Harbor from across the water. This object looked like a large black bat, but also had humanoid features such as pronounced arms and legs. So now we're starting to see uh, more... um, definitive descriptions of what people are seeing um and i remember a a while back reading uh articles about kind of what was being reported in chicago and there have been quite a number of reports of a mothman in chicago (laughs) (laughs) which like kind of excites me because i'm like oh good i'm very excited um A witness who is a 15-year-old uh, uh, oh I'm sorry a 15-year United States Postal <laughs> Service veteran <laughs> I read that the same
1: way the first time I read and it and I, like, like, I was like I was like wait, wait a, a second minute. that
0: doesn't sound right <laughs> a witness who is a 15-year United States Postal Service veteran encountered a tall red-eyed winged creature after work at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport um the witness said she was walking to her car late in the evening after a long shift and saw a large man in an oversized coat stare uh start starting back at her. I think this is supposed to be staring, staring back at her from the shadows. Only it wasn't a man at all. And that was no coat. Um, she said, I had just left work at the UPS sorting facility at O'Hare airport, uh, at about 11 PM on Thursday, the 24th of September, and was walking out to my car when I saw something standing at the far end of the parking lot where I usually park, which by the way, why would you ever, (laughs) (laughs) don't park at the far end of the parking lot if you're leaving at night Um, at first I thought it was a very tall person with a long coat as I got closer to my car I unlocked my car which caused my headlights to come on my headlights hit the person standing about 20 to 25 feet from my car causing it to turn and look right at me I saw that this was not some person but some red eyed creature and creatures in uh, parentheticals uh, and what appeared to be A coat were actually wings, which it spread out as it turned to look at me. At first, I thought it was some kind of very, very large bird, but I've never seen any bird that stood almost seven feet tall. I'm five foot four, and this thing looked taller than me by at least two feet. This thing then started making some type of chirping sound, almost a half chirp and half click, like someone was clicking their tongue, but much, much faster." It then made some type of screeching sound and took off running toward me. It got to within 10 feet of me and took off into the air and flew above me. I was screaming hysterically as I crouched down behind some cars, uh, uh, behind cars open. What? Who wrote this? (laughs) (laughs) I was screaming hysterically as I crouched down behind... Uh, The car's open door and I dove into my car headfirst. I was in a near panic as I tried to start the car, close and lock the doors and turn on my interior lights. I started my car and took off out of the parking lot and flew down the road till I hit the main road. I got home and told my husband, who also works at the same facility, he was the one who told me about the sightings of this thing. I was scared shitless and I hope I never see this thing again. This thing is roaming around the area, scaring people half to death. I hope that the airport... I hope the airport people (laughs) decide to do something about this thing someday. The airport people. (laughs) Like like there are other cryptids in O'Hare International Airport. (laughs) The the airport people. We got to get the airport people on this. Okay. Um, What are your thoughts on that sighting? Because that is a very detailed sighting. It is very detailed.
1: Um, I question why it came within 10 feet of her and then took off.
0: I mean, could it be an intimidation move?
1: It could be, but it seems kind of odd for an animal that's startled to run up and then run away.
0: I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not justifying anything. I know. I'm not justifying anything. Uh, Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I have no idea. And that was one of the first stories I had read about the Chicago Mothman. So, uh... I do remember reading that one and being quite taken by the story because that's kind of a, uh, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's I, I'm not abbreviated because it's the whole story, but it, it's, I've heard it told much more, uh, effectively, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it definitely did creep me out. Um, and there have been other sightings of the Mothman also. I mean, Chicago has had quite a few in the last like decade, but again, it's kind of a strange, it's kind of a strange thing because it's like, well, why is, why is the Mothman there? Is it premonitory, premonitionist, premonitory, premonitory, premonitious. Pre- pre- <laughs> <laughs> like, is there something we should be expecting to befall Chicago? Um, I don't know. I really have I I am imploding right now. <laughs> I like I have to like sneeze, I have the hiccups. I am like what is happening to me? I'm literally falling apart at the scene. It's the I Mothman. think I'm t- the Mothman, uh, that's what all of the sightings were leading up to a disastrous death by hiccup. <laughs> um for pissy miles. <laughs> there are there have been a, a number of sightings of the Mothman in Chicago. I've uh, uh, many of them have taken place at night uh there was one where a guy thought it was a gargoyle but it wasn't um th- there have been quite a few uh have you f- have like he you... thought
1: it was a living gargoyle or like it was well, hanging out on it, top of a building
0: i think it was on top of a building and he thought it was a gargoyle and then it moved
1: okay that makes that makes more sense it's not like he was walking down the street and went oh there's a gargoyle
0: no like he like was in a... disney's
1: the gargoyles
0: the gargoyles <laughs> I kinda wanna watch that now, is that bad? Um It's on Disney Plus. It is on Disney Plus. I might watch it tonight. I might just say fuck it and watch gargoyles. Um Yeah, I don't really know. I don't um I don't know what to make of it. Again, cryptids are such a bizarre thing to me. I don't really have a good justification for any of it. It's all kind of like, well, it is what it is, and uh we just kind of have to take it at face value, I guess. Um There have been other sightings in the world. Um, Some of the places the Mothman uh, or similar cryptids have visited uh, include a mine in Freiburg, Germany, where a Mothman-like creature scared miners away shortly before a collapse. Again, kind of premonitious, (laughs) premonitory. Uh, Another notable visit was to the nuclear power plant at Chernobyl, where a creature haunted the facilities for a while before the famous nuclear meltdown.
1: That wasn't an HBO show.
0: No, it certainly wasn't. Um, <laughs> there were also two Mothman pictures taken in New York on 9-11 and multiple sightings before the Minnesota Bridge collapse. Um, I had never heard of Mothman sightings in New York.
1: I hadn't either. I I feel like this might be a bit of wishful thinking. That yeah. every time something bad happens, someone's like, oh, I saw a Mothman. I like, saw a Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> could have been a crackhead <laughs> um yeah <laughs> uh i don't know i i have never heard i i kind of want to go look it up after this i i want to know what these reports of a mothman in new york city are
1: i have seen the photos and to me they look photoshopped
0: hmm. i oh you've seen the, the photos
1: yes i've seen the photos that they said were taken in new york on the on 9-11 and mm-hmm. It frankly looks like someone took a picture of a gargoyle and superimposed it on a picture of a building in New York.
0: Hmm.
1: But um, that's just I, me.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna I'm going to uh, give it a whirl because I I like I said I love getting involved in the Mothman anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wh- wh- how long ago did you see these images of the Mothman in New York?
1: Um I saw them yesterday when I was doing research for this.
0: Really? Yeah. Huh. They were Good in an article. How strange. I'm I'm looking at them or I'm looking at one right now. I do see what you're saying about it it definitely does look a bit superimposed. Um Yeah, kind of hard to say. I mean, again, I'm not like <laughs> I'm not, uh, aii don't think I would describe myself as a true believer in the Mothman. Um, But it is kind of fun. Well, not fun, considering what what else was happening that day. But um, I don't know. You know, and maybe there's something to be said for the idea of the Mothman kind of as a coping mechanism, which I hadn't thought about until just now.
1: Yeah, no, Does that's that make fair.
0: sense? It's almost like it's almost like escapism. It's like, oh my God, cryptids. Like, look, it's it's the Mothman, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, of course you would do that if you were in New York City on 9-11. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, because who of wants course... to believe that humans are capable of flying planes into buildings? It's much easier to be like... It's much easier to believe in an evil creature than it is to believe in people that evil.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but I think the idea of like, just it being escapism in terms of like this is something else to focus my attention on that isn't mm-hmm. this really horrific thing happening right in front of me um i think there's something to be said for that uh i don't but i don't know who knows it's it's a bit crazy um there is one photo that is a bit crazy i'm going to post these on the instagram on okay th- uh today when we when we release the episode um i'm going to save these and i'm going to post them that's going to be my gift to all of you the uh the new york (laughs) photos of the new york city mothman um so there is some discussion about what people think the mothman actually is if anything at all um you had said obviously that you that it's entirely possible that it could be a large bird if people are even reporting something they actually saw um Back in 1966 in West Virginia, there were two volunteer firemen who saw it and said that it was a large bird with red eyes, which, mm-hmm. again, could be a crane, Yeah, I'm assuming, right? I don't, I don't know what color yeah. eyes cranes have. Um, Mason County Sheriff George Johnson, oh, maybe that's the Johnson yeah,
1: that maybe
0: we were talking about earlier, uh, commented that he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron he termed. A shite poke.
1: (laughs) I feel like he might have been having some fun with people.
0: I think he might have. (laughs) It's a shite poke. You know what? I'm just as much on board for the shite poke as I am for the Mothman, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Uh Wildlife biologist Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University told reporters that descriptions uh, and sightings all fit the Sandhill Crane. So good on you, Sam Baxter. uh, A large American crane, almost as high as a, a man with a seven foot wingspan, featuring circles of reddish coloring around the eyes, and that the bird may have wandered out of its migration route. This particular crane was unrecognized at first because it was not native to this region. So you were definitely right. Uh, the sandhill crane could be a culprit in, in -hmm. this moment. Um, others took that theory even further speculating toxins from the nearby TNT area has mutated a sandhill crane. (laughs) Um, this would account for its possible glowing appearance and large size. (laughs) Would it to just give it the Godzilla treatment? Yeah. It's it's an X. The mothman is actually an X-Man. Um, some uh, attribute the Mothman stories to sightings of barn owls, suggesting that the Mothman's glowing eyes were actually red eye effect caused from the reflection of light from flashlights or other bright light sources. Um, and it, that's kind of what we were talking about before. Um, the the red eye effect, which is yeah. that kind of glowing eye effect that some animals have. Um according to ryan barber uh, a researcher with the barn owl project they famously like to roost in old and abandoned buildings <clears throat> they have an unsettlingly odd appearance and their vocal repertoire is heavy on hisses and clicks um I suppose that's possible, but it wouldn't account for the size. I can't imagine that a barn owl is seven feet no, tall. barn
1: owls aren't particularly big. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean they're, they're not small birds, but they're not—they're not seven feet tall and don't have ten-foot wingspans
0: <laughs> or arms and legs.
1: <laughs> arms and legs. I mean,
0: humanoid arms and legs. I should. Say. I mean,
1: for the sightings that only say that they saw the eyes, I, I could find that believable that they mm-hmm. just saw an owl, but like for, yeah. for some of the sightings where they're like, no, I saw a dude with wings take off.
0: <laughs> he picked up a dog and he flew away. <laughs> a German shepherd dog, very specifically. Oh, apparently. <laughs> no, but... Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I saw no, him I can at the see- KFC.
0: <laughs> He was down there getting a 10 piece and a biscuit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, a barn owl might be a little far-fetched just in terms of uh the the size issue Mm -hmm. but um but i'll i'll give it to him it could be anything um and then we get on to the movie so we have uh we do have the movie obviously um it takes place in in modern times even though the events occurred in the 1960s um it is starring The one and only Richard Gere (laughs) Um, and the screenwriter based two characters uh, uh, on John Keel, the author of the Mothman Prophecies book. Gere plays the younger, cockier journalist, while Alan Bates plays an older, wiser and spooked professor who at one time also witnessed a paranormal event. In the movie, Mothman uses the name Indrid Cold, although Indrid Cold is a separate phenomenon that also occurred in West Virginia around the same time. And that was kind of what uh, we were getting into. And this is where it gets like really fucking creepy if you're like reading this shit Home Alone at Night. So please <laughs> be listening to this Home Alone at Night. Um Indrid Cold, commonly known as the Smiling Man, is an allegedly humanoid entity. He is reported to be human-like in appearance, though is commonly associated with UFO activity and is sometimes believed to be an alien. Um, On Wednesday, November 2nd, 1966, at about 7.30 p.m., a sewing machine salesman named Woodrow (laughs) Darenberger had a strange experience. He was driving in his red panel truck on Route 77 in Parkersburg, West Virginia. He claimed that he saw a flying metallic cigar-shaped craft. The ship traveled right by his truck and blocked the roadway ahead and gradually made him slow down to a stop onto the side of the road. Woodrow also described the vehicle as resembling a kerosene lamp chimney. Uh, The aircraft was hovering about 12 inches off the road. A door opened on the craft and a being exited the ship and the door shut with a loud thunk behind him. Later, the vehicle climbed about 50 feet into the air above the highway. The being walked right up to Derenberger's truck window. Derenberger described the being as looking like any ordinary man off the street, six feet tall, about 35 years of age, olive complexion. Dark brown hair and wearing a glossy metallic dark blue coat. The man spoke to spoke to Woodrow telepathically. His mouth did not move. Instead, he had a fixed smile on his face. The man looked in through the truck's window and said without saying anything, something along the lines of roll down your window. I want to talk to you. During their communication, the man called himself Indrid Cold. He told Woodrow that he meant him no harm. In the famous Derenberger interview, he said I was very frightened and as far as I can understand, this was all mental, there was not spoken words from him. I knew what he was asking me, but yet he stood there with his uh, he stood there and his mouth did not move. He had a smile on his face, he appeared very courteous and friendly. Indrid Cold and Mr. Derenberger's conversation lasted about 10 minutes. Cold told him, we eat, we breathe, we sleep, we bleed, even as you do. Before returning to his flying craft, he said, we will see you again. Derenberger later reported this event to the police. So, (laughs) this is kind of a... a (laughs) this is kind of an abbreviated version of the story of injured cold. The idea of like a smiling alien that like telepathically communicates with you is very creepy to me. (laughs) And I wish that I wish that Jessica was here to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Had you, uh, were you familiar with the story of injured cold before this?
1: Um, I wasn't. No.
0: What are your thoughts?
1: (laughs) I mean, that is, that is hella creepy. Um, the smile, I'm sure, was meant to be reassuring, but I feel like it probably had the opposite effect. <laughs> yeah,
0: kind of a blankly staring, smiling man. I, I feel like you have a lot to learn about Earth culture. We don't smile at anyone, even the no. people we like. Um, <laughs> so get with it, Indrid. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely very freaked out by Indrid Cold. He was not my favorite person in this story. Um again not really sure how it ties in with the Mothman because it does kind of end up getting tied in in the movie if I'm not mistaken right
1: yeah no it's I think that's the that's the name of one of the voices right over the telephone
0: is I believe that how they do it? He, yeah I believe that um, he is that Richard Gere, uh is told he is talking to Indrid cold. And yeah. it is the Mothman. Um so yeah, very strange, very spooky, kind of tying in aliens and shit, and uh this story goes all over the place. We got cryptids, we got ghosts, <laughs> we got uh aliens what if The we Mothman
1: got- <laughs> is just the alien's pet that got loose. <laughs> and they're flying and all over the tr- universe. they trying to been find trying it. to
0: find him. They're like <laughs> They're like, Steven, get in this ship. And he's like, no! I don't want to do it! And they're like, they're like Steven, I'm going to count to three. And he's like, I'm not doing it! And they're like, one, two, and he's like, I'm leaving! And the Mothman just flies away. He's, they're like, we have no idea where he is. In 2011, they're like, he's been in fucking Chicago? <laughs> We've been down in Arizona! God damn it, Stephen! <laughs> But you know what? Good on the aliens for not leaving any man behind.
1: Yes, <laughs> very conscientious about that sort of thing.
0: And you know what? Good for them. They're very uh, they're they're maybe maybe aliens are vegan. Maybe Who knows. Um, just as like a little closer on this episode, because unfortunately we are coming to the close of the Mothman. Um, just two little little itty bitty facts. Um, there is for anyone who might be interested, a Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, with a statue of the Mothman.
1: Yes. It's a very big statue. Yes,
0: it is quite large. Uh, I would love to go, but I've never been to West Virginia. I don't know what to expect. Is it pretty there? I don't know. I've never been. I know that there's a lot of, I know that they have very much been um known for coal mining yeah so i know that that's part of the culture in at least parts of west virginia i'm sure um but i i can imagine it's probably a pretty state right yeah i'm sure i'm sure there's a lot of nature and uh prettiness i love i i i i'm kind of at a point in the pandemic where i'm like i'll go fucking anywhere (laughs) doesn't matter um and the woodger darren Woodrow Derenberger, that was a fucking tongue twister. The Woodrow Derenberger interview tapes now sit in public view at the Mothman Museum. So I don't know if you can listen to them, but they are there. So uh, feel free to have at it. Head on down to Point Pleasant, uh, West Virginia and and get a gander at the Mothman Museum. I, I would love to go to the Mothman Museum. I love going to like oddity shit.
1: I think it would be fun.
0: I think we should go. We should do a my spooky gay family road trip to West Virginia and go to the Mothman Museum. Would you do it? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, like what else do I have to do? Um I think we should do it. We should plan a my spooky gay family uh trip to the Mothman Museum. Huh.
1: We're just coming Did up miss... with all kinds of ideas this week.
0: Uh, yeah, everything is just uh everything is just coming together very well for me. <laughs> Did I, did I miss anything? Am I forgetting anything about the Mothman?
1: I don't think so. I think we got everything.
0: Well, if I missed anything, please feel free to write in because uh, we love hearing stories. Also, if there's a, a Mothman sighting story that we missed that is one of your favorites, please let us know because we love, love, love to hear them. We'll read it on the podcast, too. Uh, so send them on in. Uh We'd love to hear them. Send us your favorite cryptid stories. And if there's a cryptid you want us to do, uh, let us know why it's Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> Please let us know which cryptids you'd like us to do in the future, because I love talking about cryptids. It is one of my favorite things, as I have said many times this episode. Um, so that's it. We hope you guys enjoyed this Mothman episode. We hope it it spooked you a little bit. We hope that... Uh, You guys had fun talking about it with us. And please, please, please chat with us in the comments. Let us know your thoughts. We love to hear them. We love uh, getting to talk with you guys. You can contact us uh, on Instagram through DM or in the content. Uh, the comments section. You can contact us on Twitter at my spooky gay family. Or is it, I'm sorry, spooky gay fam?
1: Yeah, spooky gay fam.
0: At spooky gay fam. Uh, you can email us at my spooky gay family at gmail or spookygayfam at gmail.com. Jesus, you'd think this far in I would know it. <laughs> spooky gay fam at gmail.com. Uh, and that's it for our episode this week. We'll see you next week with more. So until then, stay spooky and remember.
1: I want to meet you. You already have, John. I've seen you afraid. You're afraid right now, aren't you? Can I... ask you something? I Ask me what you already know, John. What? What happened to my wife?
0: You were there. Mary Cohen cannot be found by looking. You will see her in time. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from The Mothman Prophecies distributed by Screen Gems 2002. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. My spooky gay family is a product of Barbara Duell Productions.